Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome to season two of Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast. This is your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, and I am here with an amazing guest to start out our second season. I've got Chris Ciccinelli, who is the CEO of Pure Romance. Say hi to everybody, Chris. Well, hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about being on your podcast, Badass. Oh, God, I can't wait. Well, let me tell everybody who you are for those who don't know. So obviously, you're the president and CEO of Pure Romance, which is the world's largest direct seller of intimacy products. He's at the helm of a $250 million company with 27,000 consultants in the US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa. Chris's motto is to live life by design, not default. He's also started an amazing organization to help transgendered youth called Living With Change, and it's a nonprofit organization. And we're going to talk about that um, at the end because I've got a really great question about that. But tell us a little bit, how did you end up as CEO of a company that is really built and centered around women? Well, I, you know, I started off as COO of the organization, not CEO, which means child of owner. Um, so, uh, it it was kind of interesting. Um, you know, my mom actually got into direct sales in 1983 and, um, you know, was working into that in this industry. And then in 1993, she decided to start her own business, right? Which was, uh, as everybody knows today as pure romance. Um, you know, there was no way in the world that I was going to actually work with my mom. You know, you know, this is in 1993, I go to way to college. Um, you know, in, in 2000, I'm working for a publicly traded company in Atlanta, Georgia. And I remember my mom coming down to me and going, Hey, Chris, um, you know, I really think I have something here. I think that there's, there's this opportunity, you know, in this business to be able to really scale it, to be able to give more people an opportunity to own and operate their own business. See, my mom was a, she was a pediatrics assistant right? When she first got into direct sales, making $4.25 an hour. You know, yeah. she needed a way to be able to take care of my brothers and sisters and myself. And this, this gave her that ability to do this. Um, but she came to me in, in, you know, at, in 2000 and had taken a company from zero to a million dollars. And she really believed that there was an opportunity to go scale this thing. She really felt like women needed more information on their bodies, more information for their relationship. You know, she thought, you know, hey, the divorce rate was constantly creeping past 50%. And she said, I need you to come help me scale this. So in 2000, um, I left my corporate job. Uh, I did not think that this was going to be my path. I remember the first time she asked me to work with her. I said, mom, if I come back and work with you selling relationship enhancement products and lingerie, 
I'll get a job nowhere in the world. And she's like, you know, it, it kind of is funny today because you see how things have changed through education, through the way that we have uh, kind of taken this journey. My mom was on a path in the beginning, which was this industry was very, very male dominated. And she felt that there needed to be more women feeling safe about talking about the relationship, being able to get questions answered, not having to go into bookstores. And that's how she created this party plan. My job was to come in and figure out how to scale it. My job was to come in and say, how do we, how do, we do that? And that's exactly what we did in 2000. Um, you know, we came in, we put a business plan together. We said, Hey, listen, let's figure out how we get more people to sell for us. Let's give more people an understanding of what it is that we do. What's the education that happens at a party and, and how safe is it for people to be able to open up and talk about a subject matter that is well taboo at the time, which is sex. And so, you know, in 2000, um, we decided that we were going to open the second most conservative city other than Cincinnati, Ohio, which that's where we're from. And that's, we decided to open up St. Louis. Just so you know, Chris, that's where I am. Oh, well, okay. So, hey, listen, when when we open up St. Louis, I remember this, then this will kind of make sense to you. So I remember... Our first one was, you know, come meet Patty Brisbane, take your steps in making your dreams come true. Own and operate your own pure romance business. Meet us at the Westport Plaza Sheraton. And um, that was our first location that we did this. I spent $30,000. We only had $33,000 in our account. I ran this advertising because I had been following a company called Barbizon Models at the time. And remember Barbizon Models? I've heard the name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, come meet Philippe. You could be the next guest gene model. You know, go, you could be in LA tomorrow. And for $99, take that opportunity. Well, I thought, wow, if somebody will pay $99 for the chance to be the next guest gene model, would they pay $99 to own and operate their own business? So, what I decided to do was spend money on that advertising and really do this and, and try to see if people were interested. So, we go to Westport Plaza the first day. Mm-hmm. Nobody came. I'm like, oh my goodness. So I thought that we had made a huge mistake. You know, we were looking for people. I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm either going to bankrupt the company or get grounded. I'm not sure what's going to (laughs) happen. And so I remember the next day we were downtown. It was the hotel. I think it was a Marriott and it overlooked Bush Stadium at the time. It was Mm -hmm. the old stadium. And I remember that morning I woke up and I got down on my knees. I'm like, listen, I I, I, I think I really screwed up. I, I you know, this, I, I prayed that entire day uh, that people would look at this business opportunity. Now, if this gives you a new perspective, we were signing up only two people a month back in, nine, in 2000. That was it, two people a month. It wasn't like yeah. we were signing up droves. No, it was two people a month. That's what was the thing. We only had 300 consultants at that time. We did not have a big, you know, business. Uh, we were really trying to establish that. And I remember we, I walked downstairs that day and, you know, we set up in the hotel room, you know, it was a party that night that people were able to come to to look at the business model. And, and we literally had our table set up. We had everything ready to rock and roll. And it goes one o'clock, nobody comes, two o'clock, nobody comes, three o'clock, nobody comes. The first person comes at five o'clock and literally they comes at five. We get two more at six and we start the party with 10 people at seven o'clock. They looked at the business opportunity. They ask all these different questions. Well, that night, we ended up signing two people out of St. Louis. I remember my mom just in tears that entire time because, you know, she's like, oh my gosh, I got a new market open. We're not just in Cincinnati. We're, we've spread out our business now. Um, and she was just so happy. I remember that night, we go to Tony's in, in uh, downtown St. Louis. We couldn't afford it. We split a meal. And then we drove home that night because we didn't have any money left. But as I was driving home, I thought to myself, 
this business model can't work because we're spending $15,000 for, for each person to sign up in the business. So I'm kind of a little bit depressed. Um, I'm a little bit like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We don't have many money coming in. I think I've just bankrupted the company. And next thing you know, at that time in 2000, we didn't have a place where you go on and place orders on the internet. It's either phone or fax. Mm-hmm. And literally the, that Sunday I go in and that was typically where a lot of people placed their orders was on Sunday. So I go in on Sunday, the phones are ringing abnormally high. And literally I pick up a phone, a lady on the other end goes, I'd like to join your company. I'm like, oh, wow, where are you from? She goes, I'm from St. Louis. I said, you're from St. Louis? She goes, yes. I go, well, how did you hear about us? Did you hear a radio ad? She goes, no. I said, did you come to our bench? She goes, no. I said, what, what happened? She goes, well, my husband brought me home the St. Louis Dispatch this morning. And on the front page, it said, the new Tupperwares of the 2000s. There was an undercover reporter was one of the 10 people that were <sighs> at that event. And that was where it all started. That day, that Sunday to the next Friday, we recruited 50 people. And we took that business model on the road in 2000, 2001, 2003, 2003. We went from a million to four, four to eight, eight to 16, 16 to 32, to now doing over $250 million. But our whole model was how do we find people that want to do business? How do we let them know we're out there? And it goes back to the whole adjective, activity, activity, activity. You've got to be out in front of people. You got to be telling people what you do. And that's exactly how the journey of of how we have built this company, how it started. We did make a big gamble. Was it scary? Yes. But like Brene Brown says in her book, right? Dare to lead. It's, It's about you have to get in the arena and compete every day, even though when you don't know the outcome. And that's the difference between the people I'm seeing that are successful versus the people that aren't. People that aren't, they sit back, they wait, they don't take these risks, they don't take the chance. Because we could have been, we could have bankrupted, but we also could have hit a home run like we did. So mm-hmm. that's how that's how this whole thing is. That's how I became the CEO. Uh, and my mom and I, you know, uh, have been working together now for twenty years. It's been a fantastic uh, journey. Um, you know, we are located in Cincinnati, Ohio, was our main headquarters uh, office in Canada, office in San Juan, Puerto Rico, office in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, and Sydney, and Sydney, uh, Australia. That's awesome. So my takeaway from that, that I think people who are listening to this should, should hear is even the CEO of a company had trouble recruiting at first. Oh, (laughs) yes. You know, it was just, it sounds like it was just as terrifying for you as it is for somebody who's new to the business, who is looking at the idea of going, how do I share this? How do I get this out there? And even you were like, Oh my God, please, please, please let this work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think when you're know, sharing an opportunity with people, because most people have an employee m- mentality, right? They, they, they want, they, most people think that they want to lead, but most people like to follow. And, 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 you know, trying to teach somebody that they do own an operated business is, is kind of the hardest uh, thing is to get them to take that chance to actually believe in themselves. Cause that's mm-hmm. really what it is. It's like, you know, people don't buy our products, they don't buy any products of anybody that is listening out there right now, right? Right? They buy people by people and they, they want to shop with a, a person. And that's the biggest thing is to get people to understand that, you know, the products aren't going to sell themselves. That's why I think there's such a high, um, um, not a high, not success rate in our industry is because I think people come in and think, oh, everybody needs vitamins or everybody needs shakes or everybody needs relationship advancement. But what they really need is they need the education around it and they need the person that like, like yourself or like myself that needs to make sure that we people buy from us. That That's how it is. I mean, we, we do that right now with Yelp. I mean, think about how big Yelp is. We don't go to a restaurant. We don't go to anything unless we read a, a review, what somebody is saying. So we're really not buying the restaurant. We're buying what everybody's saying about the restaurant. 
Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's so interesting that we'll take the word of a complete stranger that we don't even know as a real person over sometimes, you know, the words of, you know, those around us, but it's very interesting because you've, you've got to have those reviews. You've got to know that you've got to be doing something that people want to participate in, make it worth coming back time and again, so that even, even though it's the same company, it's a different party every time, right? 100%. I live on the model of like what Walt Disney said, do it so well that they want to see you again and again and tell their friends, right? Like that's how every time we're in front of somebody, I'm like, look, your job is you better BPA somebody. And somebody goes, what does that mean? I said, that means blow people away. Because, mm. because that, that's what our job that people want an experience today. They don't just want to buy a product. That's easy. You could go one click and go to Amazon. You can go one click and go anywhere anymore. And people always ask, you know, what does the Amazon effect do into the direct sale market? And I said, basically, listen, I think that you're always going to have the ability for people to do one click shop, even in my, in, in my industry. But what has to separate you from, from, a, from a big, huge retailer like that is that what experience are you giving to that person? Because you're not going to get that same experience by just that one-click model. Because a lot of people buy stuff online, they just don't know how to use it. They don't know how to mm-hmm. operate it. They don't know how to understand it. And that's one of the things that I think differentiates us. And that's why I think training and understanding and staying a student of your craft in our industry or whatever product that you're selling is probably the most important thing that I think so many people underestimate when they are their own CEO, when they're running their own business. Oh yeah. One of the concepts I cover with my clients, uh, as a direct sales coach is be the freaking expert. Yes. Like be the go-to so that people have a question about whatever product or company or industry you're in, you want to be the go-to. Yep. So you've got to know the company, you've got to know the, the products, you've got to know the the science around it or what, whatever it may be. So in this case, it's knowing the, the information about women's sexual health mm-hmm. Um, so that you become the go-to, you know, I, I think people are much more comfortable calling their pure romance representative or consultant or leader mm-hmm. than probably even calling their own OBGYN. <laughs> 100%. I think we get even more questions than, you know, uh, you know, we're kind of playing that lay sexual health, you know, professional for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people have let, lost their creativity too. I mean, most people, if they're going to do anything anymore, if it's throwing a dinner party, having a holiday theme or whatever, they go to Pinterest. And what I tell people is you need to be the Pinterest for somebody's relationship. So if you're like a wellness product person, you got to be a Pinterest for their wellness. You got to be, you, you got to help people understand, you know, how, how your product can play into their life. Because if you think that they understand or you think that they know, they don't. Because what they basically need is they want more people to serve it up to them and tell them exactly what to do, how to do it, and what what are the results going to be from it. And I don't think that you just can just say, hey, buy this from me and not give any of that information. I don't think that that works in today's world. That's a differentiation between what I see from successful people in our industry versus the people that will be out in three months. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, one of the things that I brought up in your bio is the fact that you've started your own nonprofit in addition to Pure Romance having the Patty Brisbane Foundation, right, which is also towards women's Mm -hmm. sexual wellness information and education. But the Living with Change, tell us a little bit about that because I I am a big believer in everybody having uh, a, a cause for okay. their business to go to, right? So tell us how this has given you a cause. Well, I think it's, it, you know, I didn't know that this was going to be my cause. Um, I didn't know that this was going to be something that had, uh, was so personal to me. Um, since the age of about three, you know, I had an oldest, eldest child. My eldest child was uh, born a boy. 
Um, and so from the age of three, you know, daddy, I'm a girl, daddy, I'm a girl. I'm like, no, 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 honey, you're, you're a boy. Right. So we go through that whole process. Well, at the age of eight, um, you know, so that's five years of going through this. Um, at the age of eight, I come back home from traveling. Um, my wife is very distraught. Uh, she says that Elle does not want to go to dinner. Um, that she, uh, that at the time that he was like, I don't want to go because I got all these, I don't have any girl clothes. I don't want to go out. I'm like, you have a whole closet of boy. You have a whole closet of clothes. Let's go wear something. Elle goes, I'm not going. And I said, okay, fine. I'll take you to Macy's and whatever you pick out, you're going to wear out in public. So I thought, okay, I'll go down this whole scared straight, you know, whatever. You know, I was just naive. I didn't understand. I wasn't educated on this whole thing. So I take, take out of Macy's. We go in. Um, I said, you wear, you pick whatever you pick out, you're going to have to wear on public. And so I remember I going in, trying on this blue skirt, this white top. And I remember that moment when Elle came out of the dressing room and just twirled around and said, daddy, don't I look beautiful? And that was the moment where my, you go, oh no, you know? And so it was not like an, oh no, like a bad thing. It was like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, look at how happy this child is. This child started mm-hmm. leading the conversation. This child was the bottom of their, of their grade in, in, in school. They were, they were recluse. They never talked to anybody, nothing. Once that child was able to live their authentic self. And we had, we look, you could be right or you, you know, or you could love. And, and we mm-hmm. decided that love was way more powerful. So in that year, um, we decided to say, you know, we let Elle go on her path and, and which was, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to live as LC. I'm going to live as, as a girl. I'm going to live as a transgender girl. And that's exactly the path that we went on. Now, you know, Jessica and I went through the whole morning process. What did we do wrong process? The, you know, was on the road too much process. And, and, you know, and I had so many people ask me, well, why did she choose us? I said, when did you choose to be a boy? No, I was just born that way. When did you choose to be a girl? Oh, I was just born that way. Exactly. Elle didn't choose this. This is who she is. And yeah. so when we started to do this, um, I said, you know what? I want to make places and schools not safe for 99% of kids. I want to make them safe for 100% of kids. You know, the suicide rate was so high for these, for these children because they didn't feel like they fit in. They didn't feel like, you know, people accepted them. And I said, you know what? That's enough. And so Jessica, myself, my wife, myself, decided that we made a $2 million commitment to Children's Hospital because number one, we wanted to make sure we had the best psychiatric care. We wanted to make sure we had the best health coverage and care for all transgender youth. When Jessica and I first started there with L, there were 300 children that were in, the, in this program. Now there's over 1,500 kids in this program. And wow. we are the only transgender youth center um, in the actual country, actually probably in the world. And that's here in Cincinnati. Um, our first gala, we raised, you know, uh, uh, $500,000 in our first gala. So we, we're trying to get more important people aware of what's going on and, and some of the laws that are coming out right now that are just idiocracy uh, around transgenders using bathrooms or you not, not giving hormone suppressants to them. I, I don't think a lot of people are well educated. So that's mm-hmm. what we do with this foundation is really um, go out there and educate people. What does it mean to be a transgender youth? Because the suicide rate, I don't think any of us want to lose uh, lose a child or lose somebody at such an early age. So that's exactly why we started that foundation. That's phenomenal. And I think what's great is there are going to be consultants who resonate yep. with that cause and are able to then you know, help bring more awareness and bring more 
uh, money to allow there to not just be one transgendered youth center in the country. It should be something that is all over the country, all over the world, so that these kids have the opportunity to be who they are, be their authentic self, as you said. Yep, 100%. And you know what? And here's the thing. You know, we have, yeah, I decided that, hey, I have a big microphone and I'm going to use it. And that's what we talk about. And and I think, you know what? My mom always says you can't fix stupid, but you can educate people. And so I think that's what we're trying to do is making sure that we educate as much as we possibly can, giving people the ability to understand, the ability to learn. And I think that's the power. If you're able to, you know, provide people with knowledge and understanding and education, I think that's where uh, we want to kind of be leads at. I'm not trying to force anybody to change their mind or change their opinion. I just want them to be able to understand and to be able to have some empathy. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a really important thing to, to have, whether it has to do with the transgendered youth, whether it has to do with somebody's business, yep. whether it has to do, I mean, as a relationship building company, which is really what you guys are, are centered on, that empathy is super, super important. Well, Chris, I want to thank you so much for being here today, taking time out of your super busy schedule to share your knowledge because not many people get to hear from the CEO of a company to kind of get that that curtain pulled back and see what it's like from your from your perspective. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I, you know, I appreciate it. And if you, anytime you need anything, let us know. Oh, I I absolutely will. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being here. And everybody, please be ready to listen and share this with everybody because it sounds like there's a whole lot of people who need to know about this wonderful cause that you've got um, as, as a passion project for you. Well, thank you so much. Hey, this is Jenny, and I'm jumping back in because Chris's team at Pure Romance reached out to me after we recorded the interview to offer a gift box of Pure Romance products valued at $350. Oh my gosh. We are working out the details of the giveaway, but I wanted to let you know that they will be announced on the Badass Drug Sales Mastery Facebook page. So go like the page so you don't miss this fun. And I'm guessing it's probably going to be a box that maybe vibrates a little or who knows maybe they'll throw in a writing crop just like mine check the show notes for the link to the badass direct sales mastery facebook page and good luck i really hope you win thanks for listening to the badass direct sales mastery podcast with your direct sales dom jenny bellinger why are you waiting to go to badassdirectsalesmastery.com Don't make the Dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.